Welcome to GOB with Christy and Kathy, where we talk about writing, reading, and life in between. I'm Christy in South Florida. And I'm Kathy in South Dakota. We're two newbie writers who share our love of food, wine, and crime fiction. We have interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors on our Corks and Conversation episodes. And don't forget our Words in Progress episodes where we have fun writing lessons with writing experts. Join us for today's episode. Welcome to Corks and Conversation with Tracy Clark. Yes. First of all, I got to tell you, she's a two-time Sue Grafton Memorial Award winner. And that's amazing. <laughs> and she was at SleuthFest 2022 as one of the guest faculty. So um, we met her there. And at the conference, we did hear what I believe was an early clip of her book, Hyde, that came out in January of this year when we were at the Noir at the Bar. It's a hard-boiled, page-turning thriller featuring Chicago police detective Harriet Foster, a black woman in a male-dominated department who must navigate a difficult relationship with a new partner as she hunts a killer stalking red-haired women while still <laughs> mourning the death of her longtime former partner. Okay, I, I love that Tracy just like <laughs> with her hands together like ah. But um, you're right. I remember you and I had just arrived at um, Slewfest and uh, Noir at the bar was in full swing. And we kind of slid into a very, very heavily attended room. And Tracy was, this is all mystery writers, okay? And we'll get to Noir at the bar here in a little bit. But the room was packed and Tracy was reading from her new novel. And Christy, I, I know you and I both remember this. People were gasping at the end of her selection. <laughs> All mystery writers were gasping. Like, you could just heal the room go, oh. I know, right? <laughs> and so, um, anyway, Tracy, we're just delighted that you're here, and we can't wait to talk to you about your new book. Okay, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. Yay. Yeah, so we're going to get right to it. And um, like Kathy said, that clip was memorable, because it real it went really dark after sucking us in with this like quaint childhood memory. Yes, really sweet story. <laughs> and so the question <laughs> is, um, why do you think we're drawn to dark stories for entertainment, and how do you deliver in your books? I don't know what the fascination is. I think maybe if we scare ourselves, we won't get scared from other things out there. Um, I'm not sure what it is, but I kind of enjoyed the scary part of it. Um, that was my first sort of time sort of getting into the really creepy, eerie, sort of dark uh, sort of mindset. And it was, I have to admit, it was kind of fun. It yeah. was kind of fun to sort of get into that sort of creepy, uh, maladjusted sort of a, a head and to sort of see where it goes. Um, you know, I've been writing the PI things and those are kind of light and breezy. And so she's sort of a snarky character and loosey-goosey and sort of things. And this is sort of, you know, <laughs> in the mind of a really sort of demented brain. And to sort of see where that goes and what the path they take, uh, how they started. And it's kind of cool. I kind of liked it. Yeah. Now, do you do anything to get in the mood or, you know, I, no, I, I just sort of sat down and <laughs> <laughs> I just am in that mood. I, I just, you know, I just sit down. You know, this is my job. Uh, this is my thing. So I, yeah. this is the book. Yeah. And I just sort of sit down and sort of go where it goes. I don't have an outline. I don't have a roadmap. I just have characters. I always start with characters. And uh, when I sort of put that killer or there, um, then I just sort of go uh, where they go and sort of think how they think and sort of react how they react. You know, Kathy and I are both writers too. And so my work in progress that I'm editing right now has a serial killer. And I tell you what, 
I, those are the funnest chapters to write. I know, right? I don't know why too. And it, and it is like, oh man, I am really getting creepy dark here. You know, what is, what part of my brain am I tapping into? But it was fun. And then sometimes I did like put on the creepy music that the killer might listen to or oh, something. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cause I was just like, oh, I want to get in the mood, you know, and then be like, all right, here I go. <laughs> I don't know what that says about writers. We just sort of go where the, you know, go where their characters are. So, mm-hmm. you know, we go dark, we go light, we go everywhere. Yeah, that's true. And I love that you said that character is it. Like character is what. So, and you have written a long time series that's beloved. And so this was a big change for you mm-hmm. to go into this new detective Harriet Foster. Mm-hmm. So where did Harriet come from? Like where, where did that happen? Um, I sort of started looking for her halfway through the other book um, because I I needed a new cast. I knew I was going to be moving away from that and Mm -hmm. I needed a whole new people. I need people. Um, And Harriet was kind of slow coming and I still don't think that I've completely had her because she does not talk to me or she didn't uh, initially. So I had to sort of dig, uh, take a little pickaxe, a little writer thing, (laughs) take away at the rock to try to figure out who she was, uh, what motivated her, um, when we meet her in Hyde, she's standing on the sidewalk in front of the police station, and she is not quite sure whether or not she's up to going in. Uh, this is a new uh, position, a new boss, a new team, a new partner, and she's got a choice to make, uh, whether she goes in and does what she knows how to do, or whether she goes somewhere else and figures out what her life is going to be. Um, but she goes in, and I give her the worst possible case I could possibly give her on top of uh, all the other stuff that I've given her, which has sort of planted her on the sidewalk. And so I just sort of pile things on because I think that's how you sort of figure out who characters are, Uh, what they do with all the baggage and the flaws and all the drama that we give them. uh, What do they do? Uh, Do they rise or do they fall? Uh, Do they move forward or do they move backward? Um, Harriet is sort of forced to move forward only because that's her job. That's what she's got to do. Um, and she's brilliant uh, while she's doing it. And when she goes home and takes that gun and that badge off, um, she's stuck. And so that's the character that she is in Hyde. I will probably move her a little bit further uh, in the second book, which is entitled Fall. And if other books come after that, uh, she's going to have to change. She's going to have to grow. She's going to have to learn something. So um, she's in stasis when we meet her. And, uh, you know, hopefully, knock wood. Um, she'll learn some stuff and, and sort of move forward. I'm looking forward to book two. I am too. We interviewed you and Tori last year at Sleuthfest, which was so fun. It was fun. Wasn't it was fun. It's always good doing it with a, with a pal that you know. Yeah. Yeah. That was really <laughs> like fun. Costello. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I was thinking that this was a standalone to begin with. Am I it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be my first standalone. And I sort of uh, agonized over it and I put everything I had in there. Uh, this is going to be my first standalone. I'm looking forward to it. And I handed it in and they liked it. Great. Wonderful. And then they wanted the same characters again. So now I'm in the, <laughs> in the series uh, world again, which is a good problem to have. I'm not knocking it. Yeah. Um, it's just that, you know, I'm in the Harriet Fouster series now and uh, they just asked for a third book and oh, hopefully uh, I can get that Yay. one done. Yeah. They're pulling you back in. <laughs> I know. Just when you think well, you're out. Look, there were some things that I was like, oh, this could be something mm-hmm. you could explore in the future. So, you know, I um, I love that you two are both writing such creepy, the villain and the, that dark side. And I, when you first were talking, Tracy, about, you know, what it is with that dark side, I remember a long time ago, I read an essay 
by Stephen King. And he was talking about why it is that we like to tap into that dark side of us so that we can kind of, it's been a long time since I've read this and I haven't thought mm-hmm. about it, but I think it's, his concept was, you know, you safely tap into that really dark side so that when scary things do come, you're like, oh no, it's not as bad as that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting. Well, he should know. He would. Yeah. <laughs> Wicked clowns and everything. Yeah, if anyone would. <laughs> he should know. So let's talk about noir to bar you guys for a second. So for our listeners who don't know, Tracy, do you want to give them the skinny on what noir at the bar is? Well, it's just a bunch of uh, writers getting together and drinking and reading uh, pages from their work. And uh, that's what I did uh, in Sleuth Fest, down at Sleuth Fest. I read uh, the prologue that the publisher sort of cut out after the fact, but I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. And so I went, that's what I chose to read. It didn't make the book. They said it sort of um, put off sort of meeting Harriet too far so it, it, too deep into the book before we actually got to Harriet so after the fact I could sort of see their point of view but I kind of like that opening because it sort of sets everything else up uh but you know they know more than I do yeah <laughs> <laughs> but still here I still have it uh I never throw anything away but I was just that, gonna you know, say that can be saved. <laughs> it's going to be saved. It's yeah. interesting because, uh, you know, I'm sort of ambivalent. I think Kathy is too about the noir at the bar because the times we've gone to d- different events where they've mm-hmm. had it, either one, it's too late for us because we're early to bed people. Or <laughs> like so in sad. that case, we got there and it was already full. But I think I like the idea of it if if I ever got there early enough to get a seat and just relax <laughs> and listen, because I think it is fun. I, I think it is fun to hear little little bits of the book and, you know, just be relaxed about it and anticipatory yeah. for the novel that's going to come out or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good event. And then everybody had a good time and, you know, Mm-hmm. I think it's fun to hear writers reading their own work. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting to me. I yeah. kind of hate doing it. How? What do you feel about it? I mean, I, I don't like. I've never it. done it, and I don't know if I ever could. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I get nervous, and I don't like it. I thought you did a great job. <laughs> yeah. And I had no idea you're nervous. I was um, nervous. You, I didn't know it, mm-hmm. and I I remembered it because I was so excited to get to get this book and I was like I can't wait because I remember the beginning of this yeah. and I was like wait yeah. so but the, um, the cutting room floor yeah. I know isn't that that's a really interesting thing because I really liked that prologue so did I but you sort of have to look at it how the the editor is looking at it so you're mm-hmm. looking at it as a writer um mm-hmm. you think it's pretty good they're looking at it story-wise, okay? So they're looking mm-hmm. at it as the, the whole arc of the thing goes. And after the fact, I could sort of see the point they were making. Right. That mm-hmm. It took maybe a chapter and a half before we got to the main character, Harriet, and her mm-hmm. dilemma. Um, so, you know, yeah. I kind of gave it to them. So is that suggestion that you that they take out the prologue, is that something you get like in that editorial letter from your editor? Or when do you get yeah, that um, news? You hand the book in, you think it's great. Um, they send you back five, six pages of not greatness. And you have to sort of uh, then sort of negotiate uh, mm-hmm. what you're willing to change, uh, what you're willing to sort of stand up for. And I sort of stood up for the prologue to a certain extent. And then I sort of read it again, sort of objectively or as much as I could. And I could see the point. Um, so mm-hmm. that's where the prologue came out. You have those little back and forth and you sort of stick up for the stuff that you believe in. And you can sort of let the other stuff go if you can sort of see the point they're making. And, you know, that's a negotiation. That's how yeah. you can sort of get the book yeah. done. 
Um, so you do as much as you can. Uh, you take the feedback when it comes back to you, and then you sort of negotiate the, the finder points. So that's the process. And, you know, Prolog had to go, and Prolog is sitting here in my file <laughs> waiting for another creepy serial killer just to go. <laughs> So listen, we're midway. Christy has a question for you, a random question we call the question in the bottle. If you could only communicate by breaking into a, into song, what genre or singer would you sound like? Oh, no question. Uh, Broadway musical, anything. Uh, oh, really? Peters, Patty Lapone, um, that's my sweet spot. That's my music. I went all through my teen years. And just imagine everybody else is doing top 10 I'm in Broadway. Uh, nobody knew who Elaine Stritch was. Nobody gave a crap. I, I'm in Bernadette Elaine Peters Road. <laughs> that's, that's, that's me. Uh, I am Broadway. I'm a Broadway baby. And that would be my genre. So you can just see how cool I was at age 17 and 18. <laughs> uh, everybody's going to the record store getting I don't know what. And I'm coming out of there with a copy of Brigadoon. I mean, it's just weird. <laughs> But that's that was my that's my life, uh, Broadway. Brigadoon. Oh, that's Brigadoon. so epic. Oh wow, <laughs> that's that that is a good genre to have to narrate your life to. I think that's so funny. <laughs> what about you, Kathy? Um, I really loved for a long time, like Bette Midler and James Taylor is my favorite, like the seventies stuff. Yeah, like, James Taylor's good. I still love that stuff, but I will say today I just got tickets to Pink in concert, so I'm oh, gonna go with Pink today. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, that would be perfect narration. Okay, so speaking of that, so Tracy, I my segment of questions has to do with a concert because I'm embarrassed to tell you I'm from I'm in South Dakota. I'm a Midwest neighbor, mm-hmm. and I had never been to Chicago. I'm embarrassed to tell you. I know. I don't know why. Horrifying. Yeah. And I took my daughters who are 20 and 21 to Chicago in October for a concert. We went to the Harry Styles concert Mm -hmm. and it was great. And it was our first time in Chicago. We were so excited. And the thing we were most excited about was to go to the museum and see on the lower level, all of the miniatures, you know, those Mm -hmm. miniature houses have you ever been? My daughters read a mid- mid-grade series about that, like as if those were coming alive and it was great. So we were all really excited to see that. The error that I made, we stayed downtown on Grant Park. The error that I made was I was so laid back about it. I was like, it's Chicago, we'll be fine. I'm not gonna worry about anything. It was the weekend of the marathon. Uh-uh, no. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> no, and you so, didn't. Uh, yeah, I did. And I did not realize that the entire downtown shut down. Yep. Half of the marathon was staying at our hotel, like 140,000 people. <laughs> and I, we needed to get to the airport to leave. And so I just thought, I'll get an Uber. I'll get a no, cab. No, you won't. no, 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 I won't. No, I won't. Oh my gosh. It was the, cr- I have some of the craziest stories from that weekend, but I will tell you, I met some of the kindest, most lovely humans in my life that weekend because <laughs> I met this gentleman when I told him I was having, we were, one of my daughters was kind of having a health emergency while they were getting set up on Saturday night during the concert. It was a whole thing. And he's like, so how are you getting to the airport tomorrow? And I was like, oh, I'll just Uber. And he's like, no, 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 you won't. Just like, just like Tracy's like, no, <laughs> no, no. And so he spent two hours coming in to meet us blocks away and take us to the airport. The nicest 
most kind humans in the oh world in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So Ricky anyway, Murphy. I do love your city. I'm in yeah. love with it. So I want to talk about why Chicago weighs so heavily in your writing. I mean, have you ever considered anything else? Not yet. Um, uh, I sort of write about Chicago because I live here and I know it. When you're starting out writing, it's difficult. It's hard. Uh, and that sort of learning a new place, a new setting uh, was hard on top of heart. So I just sort of wrote about the city that I knew best. Um, I know where the, the sort of hookers hang out. I know where the crime areas are. That's funny. That's the first That's the thing. First thing yeah. I know where yeah. the hookers I are. I'm like, hmm. I know where they go. <laughs> I know how the city smells. I know how it sounds. I know where the grit is. Um, so that was one less thing I had to worry about. Um, I had to worry about character development and pacing and all the rest of that stuff. I didn't want to have to worry about setting too. So I sort of wrote about the city that I know. And I think my secret to sort of writing about it, it's a big city. It's got multiple neighborhoods around here. I sort of write small. I write block by block, uh, sometimes house by house. Um, I think the smaller you take it, uh, the more detailed you can get in terms of, you know, how it feels, how it sounds, how it looks, uh, the better off you are. So that's what I do. Uh, that's what I try to do. And of course, it sort of sort of shines as another character because it kind of is. You have your characters who are sort of moving through the story, but you have your foundation and the city that they're moving through. So I started to balance all the balls and try to get it all done and, and knock wood and hope I do it okay. You know, that's interesting that you said you take it, you know, really small because I think that is the key to not upsetting a million Chicago residents if you get something wrong, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Look, there's Tracy. <laughs> because, you know, in a small town, you're like, okay, I can upset a handful of people, you know, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, if I don't get something exactly right. But if I'm writing in a city, then I've got to either be real true to things or, like you said, go real small. And they'll be like, okay, mm-hmm. well, that's not your house. So you don't tell <laughs> so me. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> that's interesting. I, I hadn't really thought about this, but when we talk, we talk to a lot of writers who, create fictional places that similar, but usually they're smaller towns. Mm-hmm. Like no one's creating a fictional Chicago that I can mm-hmm. think of, right, Christy? Well, I mean, every like- location in, in these books are real. I just sort of change the names if I have to. Um, but every diner is, is wow. there. Um, every place I dump a body is real. Um, that dumpster in that alley under Lowell Wacker has, is there. It smells like go? sour milk. Do you yeah. go to that site? Of course I do. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> That's how I know it smells like sour milk and, and rotting cabbage. Um, that's how I know. I know that's why I know that dumpster is there. Uh, that's how I know those streets go that way. I was down there walking uh, one day coming from work when I was sort of working from there outside instead of home. And a sort of rat sort of crawled across my shoe tops. I mean, that happens in Chicago. It happened to me, uh, gave me a panic. Uh, but that's going to end up in a book somewhere. But that's what Chicago is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, yeah, it's real. It's real. It's absolutely Did you grow there. up in Chicago? Yep. <laughs> Born here, live here, probably die here. <laughs> I'm enamored with your city. It's a fun city. It's a great city. Uh, not at Marathon Sunday. Um, <laughs> also not St. Patrick's Day. Do not come on St. Okay, Patrick's Day. Okay, good to know. Uh, well, knowing see, me, I probably that's when I book my trip. But <laughs> All right, Christy has a question for you, a final question. Um, we ask all our writers, uh, which of your characters would you like to share a meal with and what would it be? My all-time favorite characters, uh, you would imagine it would be Cass or Harriet. It's Pouch uh, in the first series, uh, the little four-foot-two pickpocket who dressed <laughs> all in one color. He's got a fanny pack where he puts his loot. And every time he goes into Cassie's apartment, he sort of steals something uh, you know, unbeknownst to her. 
that's my guy. Um, he showed up. He was just supposed to be for one scene and, and out. And I could not get rid of him. I didn't want him to go anywhere. Um, so uh, I would spend an evening at dinner with Pouch. And where would you go in Chicago? I would go to the nearest hot dog stand because I wouldn't want to sort of be at a table with him because I've got a wallet on me and a purse and stuff. So, you know, somewhere outside, somewhere I can watch his hands. Um, hot dog stand. <laughs> oh, that sounds good. That's so great. Okay, so Tracy, when our listeners want to know more about you, where should they go? Well, I've got a website, uh, Tracy Clark Books. Uh, they can check me out there. I'm also on Twitter and Insta and Facebook. Uh, I'm sort of going there most of the days, uh, wasting time where I should be writing. Um, yeah. You know, so you know, check me out. Great. Well, we're we're so thankful you joined us today. Thanks for having it's me. It's a, a lot of fun, and um, I guess all we can say now is. Cheers to Cheers success. to Harriet. To Harriet. <laughs> and Chicago. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Subscribe to our podcast on our website, gameofbookspodcast.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you liked what you heard, you can give us a five-star rating or review. You can also subscribe on YouTube where you can watch and listen on gameofbookspodcast.com, you can find all the information about what we talked about on this episode. And you can sign up for our newsletter and enter our fun contests and giveaways. We also post our stories and links on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hope to see you there. I can guarantee you that we had fun today. And we hope you did too. Cheers.